Canadian Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. It is Takes on Takes, Kyle, the staple of our podcast programming, and we are done with the positional series, so everyone should be ready for the draft, which is, what, like a week and two days away, so fun times ahead, good show on tap. Kyle, good morning and welcome. Good Morning. So here's what we have left between now and the draft, Joe. We have two days worth of Battle of the Boards. We have takes on takes today, and we have takes on takes next Tuesday. Somewhere along the line, we have to sneak in an April mock draft. Don't forget about Friday's show this week with Jordan. Yes, Friday's show this week, we are doing the uh, predictive top 100. We're setting that board. Yeah. So... A lot going on. We got a lot of stuff to squeeze in here. I feel confident in our ability to do it, but that top 100 board bit, I mean, that's that's going to be a super show, I'm telling you right now. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I think going into that conversation will be fun. It'll it'll bring up a lot of different names, and you know, we'll we'll give some clues as to where we think guys are headed and you know, Jordan's got some good league sources that will bring some information to the table that maybe we didn't even know. So um, it should be fun to navigate through that on Friday. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss it. Nice plug, man. Yep. But with that said, today's takes on takes day. There's a lot of tattle takes. The last like oh, five. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. The, the, the listeners are getting volatile, huh? Oh, of course. This is how things go at this point in draft season. People are at each other's next. I actually don't know if it got any. It's getting insufferable later than what it typically does. I agree. Usually about early April, I'm like, this has got to be over with. Yes. And we're at that point now where it's like I saw somebody say that. Um, Who was it? I'll throw it in here at the end of this. It's I'll I'll you do it as a tattle take, but it was like the most unbelievable take I'd ever heard. That's coming and up that at the end of the show. That, that's that's yeah, I'm, 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 around. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. Okay. And, well, we also had uh, I love Cole Kubelik from ESPN. Yeah. But he was questioning Isaiah Simmons's athleticism to say ask if he could cover tight ends. That's really surprising to me. Cole, Cole knows right, the game. What is he talking right, about? Yeah. Right. So we're just, we're at that point where I think it's like, let's put these guys through as many <laughs> scopes and spectrums as we can. And it's like, it, we kind of know what we know here. You know, like you sure we're, that just, wasn't, we're all playing the waiting game. You sure that wasn't Stephen A coming in with the Isaiah Simmons? No, take? it was off two, seven uh, sports. Cole Kubelik said it on a podcast, Stanford, Stephen, the bear. All right. You're telling me some of these flex tight ends in the NFL he's going to be able to run with and cover? You're confident in him manning up Travis Kelsey? Is he quick enough, fast enough, athletic enough to cover the slot, beat a flex tight end or slot receiver? I think he's a physical enough guy to play close to the, play the run close to the box, but can he do it for an entire NFL season, and can he hold up against NFL offensive linemen and NFL blockers? All the way out on that take. I agree. <laughs> All right, you want the first one? Uh, yeah, give it to All me. All right, I like this one. Uh, from the sports nut, take the Cowboys should stick with their identity and draft Caesar Ruiz, the Michigan center, in the first 
to protect their high-priced backfield. Cowboys can use the cornerback class depth to their advantage in round two. Yeah, I absolutely positively agree with this take. I did this in mock madness, and I got yelled at by all the Cowboys fans. They hated this idea. But again, it's because they drafted Connor McGovern in the third round, and they have Joe Looney on their roster. What do we say on this podcast, Joe? Don't let good players prevent you from going after great players. Don't let good players prevent you from going after great players. Do not tell me Joe Looney is why you don't need to draft Cesar Ruiz. If you want to get into a positional value debate or you want to talk about the other pieces of the offensive line, why it's not a high priority and, you know, Connor McGovern potentially stepping in for Connor Williams at the beginning of the year because he had a knee injury, fine. But don't say we shouldn't draft Cesar Ruiz to replace Travis Frederick because we have Joe Looney. Okay. Dolphins shouldn't draft a quarterback. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> let me let me throw some variables into play here. Obviously, if C.J. Henderson were there, he you pick him over Ruiz, right? Yeah, I'm not saying that Ruiz is the only option. Right. It's certainly worthwhile discussion. And, and then I would say uh, Caleb on chase on. You would take him over Ruiz, right? I would. I don't know if Dallas would. Yeah. They, that seems to be a popular pick for the fans. They yeah. seem to like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to get a good corner in the second round. The way that some of the, the discussions are going right now with some of the stock of some of these guys, based on what the league's leaking out to us, uh, man, they're picking, what, like 50 or something like that? They'll probably get a good corner there. And they won't get an offensive yeah. lineman like Ruiz. They won't. So, Okay, take four. Joe from Cameron Spencer, our guy. Yep. Justin Jefferson is the most underrated contested catch receiver in this year's draft. I think if, if you're not aware of his success in contested situations and you, you just slap labels on him, then yes. I mean, this guy was 12 of 13 in contested <laughs> situations last year. That's exceptional. That's above 90%. That's uh, unheard of. And now, obviously I think that, when you have a quarterback with the accuracy of Joe Burrow, that certainly helps you in contested situations, but you still got to go get the football and he did. So he was outstanding in that regard all season long. And so if you don't think he's excellent in contested situations, then you've not, you've not watched him play. It's that simple. So if you don't think he's good at it, then yeah, he's underrated, but yeah, he's, he's tremendous in, in contested situations. Spencer uh, says, Detroit will move back to five in the NFL draft, allowing Miami to move to three. Miami will then swap with Cincinnati, who will take Tua at three. Miami gets Burrow at one. Detroit slash Cincinnati build while adding picks in Cincinnati builds without spending money in future like they want. Man, this would be a fun scenario, wouldn't it? Do, do I think this happens? No, I don't think this happens. There was a hot sec there where we thought this might be possible, Cincinnati might get coaxed. But do you listen to Zach Taylor? I think he was on the Rich Eisen show, and just the way he was talking, he said, anybody who would be willing to give us what, I'm paraphrasing here, this is not a direct quote, but he said something along the lines of, anybody who would be willing to give us our asking price for Joe Burrow only confirms what we think about Joe Burrow. Mm. It was a pretty interesting way to put it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you feel that way, if they feel that way about Joe Burrow, considering what their asking price is, he's effectively saying, if you're going to, if you're willing to pay what we would want 
to move out, that only serves as confirmation to us that he's the player that we think he is, a.k.a. we're probably not moving. I think the only way Cincinnati comes off number one is if Joe Burrow has directly said to them, I don't want to play for you. And, right. and, and then the Cincinnati Bengals also receive that information and say, we don't want to deal with it. So we're going to take, well, they, they, they probably draft him anyway. And then, you know, they, they gauge yeah. the, they do the, it would be the Eli Manning, John Elway situation where they've said, we don't want to play for you. And they're like, all right, bet I'm going to draft you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then they get real pissed about it. Yeah. And they have to do damage control once they've secured their asset to move out. Los Angeles chargers. Great. Eli Manning. That's true. That's very, very true. Uh, I had a counter question for you. Okay. Who's the team most likely to trade up to three? Los Angeles chargers. I don't think it's Miami. Yeah, it's not Miami. I don't think they're moving. I think they're staying at five. They might move, but it'd be from 18. I don't think it'll be yeah. from five. Yeah, not from five. They're not getting to three. <sighs> okay, take from Vontel. This is not a football take, and Vontel admits right off the bat, <laughs> I might be washed up. So here's a random one. Vontel, we love you, but this take is a little washed. Look forward to next week's. Rank these awful restaurants from least to most awful. Denny's, Panda Express, Arby's, and Burger King. Denny's is like the breakfast place? Yes. Okay. It's okay, right? Um, I, I think you missed it this You missed it this year. You weren't in Mobile. We went to Denny's at 3 a.m. the one day. Oh, it's one of those? It's always open? That, oh, yeah. That, that concerns me. What's the place we went to? Uh... Something like, didn't we go to Denny's or something? Some trip we went on, we had breakfast. That was a buffet-style breakfast. Uh, That wasn't Denny's. What is it? Something just like it, right? Something along those okay, lines. Okay, but that wasn't a Denny's? All right, maybe I've never been to no. Denny's. Um, You ever have the Grand Slam? Because that's their big thing, the Grand Slam breakfast. That's not Waffle House? Doesn't Waffle House have something just like that? I don't know. Those, move, not, those no. don't, I don't... Ugh. All right, so okay, the the worst restaurant here, Burger King. Terrible. Yes, I agree. I Absolutely agree. terrible. Um then what, what is what is the appealing item exclusive to Burger King that you can't get somewhere else? Oh, it's gross. Everything at Burger King There's is nothing. Gross. Yeah, no, like even their their soda like is off. Yeah, hard pass. You won't catch me there. Breakfast is terrible. Croissants are bad. Okay, uh, Burger King, bottom of the list. I guess we can fight between Panda Express and Denny's because uh, I don't think I've been to Denny's enough to really throw too much shade over it. I would put Panda Express at three only because breakfast food is like kind of hard to screw True. up. Okay, that's a good sell. Panda's Panda Express at three, Denny's at two, and then Arby's, Arby's is a perfectly good restaurant to go eat at, in my opinion. Got so, the curly fries. Yeah. and uh, Remember they had those like – Oh, they were like market fresh sandwiches there for a hot sec. I, I don't know if they do still they not. Do I think they still do. Like, like you get like oven roast, like turkey. That was like, yeah, carved. yeah. yeah. Like, and like legit roast beef sandwiches and stuff like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go to I would, I would, I'd go there and get that and curly fries like all day long. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's like, which of these does not belong? Uh, Arby's. We have the meat. Okay. That's good. We have the meat. <laughs> 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 my nieces and nephews always say that so uh it's funny 
Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Jake says Julian Aquara will be viewed as a top three edge rusher in this class by 2022. In other words, after three seasons, we'll look back and say he was top three. I gotta be honest, I don't I don't see it. I get why, but we want to prop these guys up every year, it feels like. The guys that have the burst and bend, right? Yeah. They are the guys every single draft class were like, that guy's gonna be it. But if you play that style, like for me, you have to have a certain level of lower body and core strength to not to make it work, to play with functional strength while you're in those steep angles. And I don't see that from Aquara. For me, he's closer to Leonard Floyd than he is anything else. Are you looking to have meals delivered to your house? You've got to check out Postmates. If you're like me, you're probably thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery to convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. No more, no more late night fast foods runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on the app store and find your favorites and get anything you want delivered to you within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay, Joe, take for you. Okay. And this take comes from Matt Siegel. I'm glad I got this one. Wide receiver, Penn State wide receiver, KJ Hamler's size means he'll translate to a slot player, which means he'd be a bad fit for the Eagles since they like to flex out Ertz and Goddard. Um, I don't think KJ Hamler is an inside player only, first of all. Um, I think when you – the the determining factors in a guy not playing outside really come down to do they have physicality or can they not get off the line of scrimmage and press coverage because you want to give them clean releases from the slot. KJ Hamler has the ability to use his feet, take steep angles, really challenge cornerbacks to slide laterally and beat press coverage. So I don't really have that concern with him. So I don't think he's necessarily a slot only. I think he could play both. Um, I do think that his versatility to play both is something that would be appealing to the Eagles, in my opinion. And um, I want to take this opportunity to mention the name Darnell Mooney from Tulane. If there's something that you think KJ Hamler can do, Darnell Mooney can also do it. Uh, I, I don't know what the big differences are. They both have some low lights with their hands. Uh, both have basically good, good ball skills, separation quickness is there, elite burst. Yards after catch, return ability, can get vertical. Um, they're similarly small people, but uh, I just feel like people are missing out on 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 Mooney, and if he wore a Penn State helmet and not a Tulane helmet, maybe he'd have a little bit more buzz. So I wanted to take my chances there to get all that out. You know what K.J. Hamler is? Uh, what? He's a jitterbug. I've never, I never knew that's what that said there in that song. 
it might not be, to be honest with you, but it's just the first thing that came to my mind. So, like, oh, thank I gotta you. pull it. Thank you. Thank you. Michael. <laughs> here, we're getting to the heated part of the podcast. <laughs> I just got one. I just got a. a... I'm going to keep the mood light here. Listen, I just had one of the weirdest DMs ever. Um, like right now? Yeah. Is it, was it, it from me? No, no. Oh. This was somebody, this is a tattle take that they submitted. I think I had to call an audible right here. Uh, this came from, oh, of course. I, well, I haven't read this now. No, it's fine. You don't need to. It's okay. This oh, came from, God. this came from Mountaintop Scouting. Just sent me this DM okay. as we're recording okay. this podcast. And he said, he, he said, takes on takes. This one is something special. He's not wrong. Uh, Michael Salfino responding to Evan Silva. Evan Silva. I saw this. I saw this. All right. So he put out his <laughs> he put out his def- rankings or something or talked about. I think it was Gabe Brandt's rankings. Wasn't yeah, it? he was talking about where uh, Derek Brown was was rated across several different draft boards. Michael Salfino responds and says, "I get we have to do this, but there really is no true skill level in football. It's all scheme and coaching." I want to adequately let the silence linger so people really think about what that man just said. To some degree, coaching can overcome talent. I absolutely believe that is true. But to sit here and suggest that there is no value in physical talent at a professional sports level. What's his, what was his name? Michael Salfino? Yeah. Okay, I want to send Michael Salfino to training camp this year. <laughs> That's a good But point. I'm going to I'm going to let him work with the coaches every day from now until training camp opens. He'll have a massive head start in coaching. You go out there day 1 and you do three reps, and you let me know if talent is inconsequential <laughs> to playing professional sports. I'm glad you got that. Michael Buchanan, take. The best match for any player in this draft is Jordan Love to the Saints. I think every year we'll always be able to find a quarterback and say they'd be the Saints would be perfect for them, right? Just because you have so much belief in Sean Payton. The offensive line is so sound. They've got weapons. It's just a good environment for any quarterback to go into. Well, Drew Brees is not letting that position go, right? He's He's been there for a long time. Well, I, this is it. Well, maybe. He's, maybe he's, they've, they've said this is his last so year. So this is his last year. And ready for this? This is my take on the Saints and, and that being true. Worry about quarterback when you have to worry about it. If you have a chance to draft Jordan Love and there's reasonably no football player that you think can help maximize the window this year with Drew Brees, then go get Jordan Love. But if Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray's there and you can get a difference maker on the second level of your defense, if there's a pass rusher worth it, if there's another X-Factor type weapon, I would go with all of those things to give me everything I have and need to go make a run this year with Drew Brees and then guess what? We will look back at this long run that Drew Brees gave us with great joy in terms of having a, a first ballot Hall of Fame, all-time historically great quarterback for a long time, and we'll Stop. worry about it when we have to. Stop. You're, you're hurting me. Why am I hurting you? Talking about Drew Brees, all-time great Hall of Famer. Miami Dolphins legend Drew Brees. Stop. 
But look, let's I, move on. Let's. But that's on. where I'm at with it. Everybody wants like I'm even. I just. I, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it this year. I've mocked them quarterbacks. I know, but that's. When it really comes down to it, though, sometimes you're, you're you're working through mocks and you're just trying to put things together that could happen, whether you believe it or not. I think the Saints could go with quarterback. Right. I'm saying I, in I my world, they shouldn't more, do it. Now, what was interesting is uh, Mike Renner of Pro Football Focus, who is a good friend of ours. Uh, I saw a segment that they put out, and, and Mike had predicted I'd be interested in your reaction to this, Joe. He predicted the Saints were going to jump up in the draft and give up a, like a 2021-1 to get into the top 10 to make a splash for a guy. You in or out on that idea? So they would do Davenport deal again. They would do the Davenport deal again to get another impact player for this year. Let's hope they get a player that makes an impact. Is, is Davenport been worth two ones for the Saints? No, he hasn't. But we knew that. The only people that didn't know that were the Saints fans that were mad that, that we didn't have a nice thing to say about their, their team. Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson's a better player. Well, hold um, on now. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just did. Saints fans. <laughs> no. Saints fan. I'm already on Saints fans shit list for the whole Taysom Hill thing, so I'm All I'm right. not trying to poke the bear anymore. Uh, I don't think they should do that. No. What if they got like Simmons? What would be a player? Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. What about Derek Brown? No. Simmons is the one. That's the name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what happens? This is yours now. All right. Here we go. Yes. This is the the turn in section. Okay. No, no. Coming up. Actually, excuse me. I, I got ahead of myself. Ian Rahulaport. Take if both the Dolphins or the Chargers pass on Justin Herbert, he will end up in Indianapolis Colt. Nope. Colts have too far to come. Yeah. I don't think Herbert's and, and this is wishful thinking because Ian is Ian. Rahul is his name. Damn it, he got me. <laughs> Rahul <laughs> is in the TDM premium slack every single day, and he's like so charged about the possibility the Colts getting Herbert. That ship sailed when you when you traded thirteen, Rahul. Yeah, it's not happening. Like, what would Indy have to give up, and how much would it break the tendencies of Chris Ballard for them to do it? Thirty-four, forty-four, and next year's one. Right, you're talking about getting to four Chris, from thirty-four. I mean, it's going to cost you a ton. No, not four. Not four. Where do you have seven hypothetically? Okay. In the scenario where they get past those two teams. Okay. Yes. Oh, 100% next year's one 34 yep. and 44. I mean, and probably something else to be honest. Right. right. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, a lot. Chris Powell's not doing that deal. No, and he shouldn't to be honest with you. And then you get into Carolina and Jacksonville and the Raiders and the Q, the QB hungry teams that are closer than thirty four Patriots, Patriots, and like the Colts, you're giving up a twenty twenty one first round pick. That pick's probably going to be in the twenties. It's not even like you have any chance of getting like a boom. Not to say any chance, but it's a low likelihood chance that that first round pick in twenty twenty one is going to turn around and be a super high value pick. Rahul, it ain't happening. Yeah. 
You got to let it go. Bizarro Gettleman. <laughs> uh, so this is also not a turn to, a tattle take. Yeah, right? it's literally the next one is the tattle takes. All right, and you got ahead of me. Dave Gettleman's main problem isn't drafting solid players; it's his lack of knowledge when it comes to positional value. You look at his resume of first round picks; it's it's kind of weird. Um, it's you know, Saquon Barkley, a running back at two. He took Christian McCaffrey at nine. He took Kelvin Benjamin, Shaq Thompson. And then, of course, his trio of picks from last year with the Giants, Baker, DeAndre Baker, Dexter Lawrence, Daniel Jones. I don't know that all of those are solid players. There, there's some good ones in there. Um, I just think he has weird team-building philosophies, to be completely honest with you. Um, where the man he, loves his defensive tackles. He yeah, and running backs. I mean, honestly, he's taken two in the top ten in like the last five years or four years or something like that. But I mean, the receiver turned out to be pretty good. They but... have, yeah. There's no question. They'll be the two highest paid running backs in football. But that's also in part a byproduct because of where they were drafted. Correct. Correct. Did you see Alvin Kamara's reaction to the yeah, McCaffrey deal on the Twitch stream? That yeah. was yeah, that was awesome. That was fun. Yeah, I liked it. All right, here we go. The tattle takes start now. So Jack has been turned in by Ian Rahulaport. Yeah, this is, these guys are cutthroat. Let's go. He says, I think we have no trades in the top eight. <laughs> yeah, no. There, I, there's no way. So you think we are Carolina? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think you're going to get some potential jostling for quarterbacks. I think Carolina. Carolina all of a sudden now being talked about as a potential trade up for Akuda. No way. You can't. Just sit there and take Henderson. Imagine. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine though we got two corners going the top seven? It's possible. I yeah. mean, if Simmons is off the board for Carolina, right now they've that, got Corn Elder and Dante Jackson as their starting corners, brother. Right. In a division that has Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, Mike right. Evans. Come on now. That was the most eye-opening experience in doing the team guide stuff that we've been doing over the last <laughs> week. I said, oh my God. This team needs brand new starters across the board in the secondary. <laughs> it's part of the plan, man. Except for Trey Boston. Yeah. The man finally got a multi-year contract and he's the staple of the secondary. He's gonna be he's gonna be chasing cars back there, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna <laughs> kill him. <laughs> okay. Uh UK Tyler, tattle take turned in by Ian Rahulaport. Yeah, star of the, the show. Rahulaport yeah. show. Running back should only be drafted from the fifth round onwards. No, I did. I big disagree. Tyler, big, Tyler. big, big disagree. Running backs don't matter is a, um, it's a bad hashtag to be honest with you. Running backs, having a good running backs is a great thing for a team. You should want to have a very good running back for your football team. You should never pay a running back, a large second contract. I think those are two things that people have a hard time distinguishing between draft yourself a running back in the second, third, fourth round all the time, all the time. Get you a dynamic ball carrier. It matters. You want to maximize every offensive play. To do that, you need the best players to touch the football. Get a good running back. Do not pay them ever. All right. Patrick Casey turned in by Drew Blake. An all-rookie 53-man roster would win the AFC South. 55-man roster now. Would win the AFC South and compete against Kansas City slash Baltimore as the best team in the AFC. No way. Yeah, I don't think so. First of all, who's coaching? 
Here's where we get into scheme yeah. versus or yeah. coaching versus talent, right? You go to the grocery store, get us 53 guys as long as we got the right coaches, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not a chance. Okay. Uh, the tattle take on Trent Dilfer. This was a doozy. And then, Joe, I do have a follow up as a separate thing, uh, as promised. The tattle take that I saw that was just wild. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, talking about the same player we're going to talk about here. Trent Dilfer said he. Tua Tonga Valoa. You hear that? I got it right. Yeah, good job. Our listeners are no longer triggered. Tua Tonga Valoa. Uh, he throws better than Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino. Whoever gets him wins the draft because you're getting a Hall of Famer. I think, I, I mean, no. Like Dan Marino is like the best arm in football history. And Aaron Rodgers is like top five arms in football history. The one thing Tua doesn't have is a big live arm. What do, I mean, Trent, brother, I, you can't be the baseline. You you can't look at your own arm strength and see Tua's and sees, see how much better it is and think that he's Dan Marino. My guy. That's terrible. That's an all-time bad. That's a Hall of Fame caliber tattle take. Well, Trent um, did, did dispute this. Okay, so was he this dispute- out of context or something? That's what he's claiming. Um, what he Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald tweeted at him and Trent responded and said two comments to less. The one who quoted him got combined into one. I said, he throws it quote as well as Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino. I never said better. I said, he throws it better than Aaron Rodgers did at this stage of their development. That's, that's still gross to me. How, Brother, somebody needs to watch a little Dan Marino film, you know? Like, I think maybe we're a little bit forgetting this guy and what he was able to do with his arm and how he shredded, and I mean shredded, secondaries. You just want me to rave about Dan Marino. I'm done. Um, I was going to let you go. Do we – do you remember somebody had, like, Trent's track record the last few years as far as, like, gassing (laughs) up quarterbacks? And it was, like – massive hyperbole, massive hyperbole. And it's all the guys he worked with at like elite 11. Right. So like Trent now has like a three year consecutive run where he has said something crazily ambitious <laughs> about an elite 11 graduate. That's like a potential first round quarterback. Hey, between this, so this and- is, this is kind of just what he, what he does. He gasses up his guys and like, you'd expect him to like, I get it. I keep credibility though. Like, I mean, but like, let's turn down the hyperbole a little bit. I don't know. Between this and Maurice Jones Drew's mock draft, tell me more about how playing in the NFL matters when oh it comes boy. to anal- oh <laughs> being <boy>. an analyst. <laughs> okay. Now, I slacked you the incident in question. I'm going to play the audio. Slacked me. Oh. Yeah. So you don't, no, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to play it for you right now. Okay. Okay. I can't, I can't find you in Twitter or in Slack anymore because you changed your name. Archbishop Joseph. Yeah, I don't appreciate it because I'm always going to Jay and you're not there. And I'm like, where the hell did he go? Well, your name is now Champ, Kyle. Champ. Well, that's because I won Mock Madness, Joe. Well, there's a man don't in Don't get Rome. mad at me for it. Archbishop Joseph. You changed yours first. I know. Okay, so this took place on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And the tagline is, will the NFL team that drafts Tua Tungo Valoa be making a huge mistake? Jeff Manns thinks so. Uh, Jeff Manns 
is owner of Elite Fantasy HQ and Fantasy Guru site. Going to give him a little plug here while we're talking about him. Yeah. Um, forty-seven thousand followers. So he's not like a he's not like some schlep, right? Like he's got a pretty strong platform. Yeah. Uh, he quote tweeted the audio clip in question. Said, "I have to say, nobody, nobody's better at pushing me into traffic than the guy who <laughs> quote tweeted it." I stand by me this. I stand by this sentiment, though. Tua won't be a good pro quarterback. And here's what he had to say as far as why he doesn't think he'll be a good pro quarterback. I don't like Tua Tagovailoa at all. Not at all. Not, I mean, I don't like him at all. I I am embarrassed watching him throw the football. It's embarrassing. It really is. I just I he throws. His palm is under. I don't like the way he throws. I don't think he's throwing motion plays. I don't think there's any arm strength there. I think if you put him in a West Coast system and dink and dunk and dunk and deke and you don't need arm strength and all that, maybe he could be a backup someday. Drafting him second overall, first overall, is going to be a landmine. It's going to be a landmine that's going to blow an organization's legs off. It's going to be bad. Really bad. I don't like him at all. I just don't. I will be unveiling my official rankings. And I, I've i tried with Tua. He is a smart kid. He's a good kid. He is a quality individual. He can't throw the football, the injury, everything I've looked into with that hip. That is something that will affect throwing motion from years to come. That will affect mobility for years to come. There's just no ways around it. There's too much there. He doesn't have prototype size, prototype arm. He's left-handed, which takes adjustment. The football comes out of his hand differently. As a that's enough. Your your response to that? Is my guy watching any tape? Embarrassed watching Tua throw the football. I mean, has he watched tape? That's what I I wanted to ask him what he's watched. Yeah, like which games did you watch that that led you to these conclusions? I'd like to know. We we probably watched Clemson National Championship when he was hurt. But you might have watched then, the the twenty eighteen <laughs> LSU game when he was hurt. I don't know, man. Like like what else did you watch that you're like, oh my god, he can't throw the football? Has he ever watched other quarterbacks too? Like. That's what I mean. Like he's he's got a strong platform. He's been doing this for a while. Want to want to throw on some Clayton Thorson tape? I I don't know. I I'm that's I'm all the way out on that take. I think that is extremely aggressive. And I mean, if you're gonna come that hard at a player, you know, like that's that's like what's his name asking uh, Jeff Akuda why he got all sloppy sloppy with his technique at the combine. But at least he asked that question, got, but it wasn't. Jeff got real mad. He's like, what? Did you check the tape? <laughs> check the tape. No pass interference, no holding. Check the tape. Yeah, it's um, that's aggressive. I mean, that to me, Kyle, I mean, the way that Jeff described Tua is is that it's like he, he can hardly play high school football. Let right. alone having it sounded like you're talking about Cody Kessler. Right. Like, embarrassed watching him throw Actually, the football. Maybe he thinks he was watching too, but he was actually watching Jake Fromm. But, but still, like that level of criticism towards him is like. And this is this isn't to say that two is a slam dunk and two two is guaranteed to work out. Like sure. there is risk with Tua, and there's there's a chance Tua does not become a pro quarterback. But to use the criteria that was described there, 
was baffling to me. How about the range of these two takes? <laughs> the Trent Dilfer one to the Jeff Manns one. Right. Slam dunk oh. Hall of Famer. Can't play football. I was embarrassed watching him throw the ball. <laughs> one guy says he throws it as good as, as Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers. If we're taking Trent's word for what he actually said versus what he was quoted as saying. And the other one says he was embarrassed watching Tua try to throw the ball. We have officially reached that time of the year. <laughs> Is it Thursday yet, Kyle? <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not even Thursday of this week, let alone <laughs> Thursday of next week. Damn it. But we're going to be here for you every step of the way. So make sure you hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast. Come back and see us. As Joe says, we're doing uh, some predictive board content with Jordan for the Draft Network. It's part of the Huddle Reports competition every year. You do predictive top 100. I think we got 80 last year, Joe. So we need to okay. we need to be better. Yeah. And Jordan, Jordan wasn't a part of the Draft Network last year, so pretty confident he's going to be an asset here and help us uh, add a couple to that number and hopefully climb up the ranks a little bit. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino signing off. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Eats podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.